Hello, and welcome to Roll for Topic, a roundtable discussion about topics related to running role-playing games. I'm Chris Salzman. I'm Andy Rao. And this week we have Joel Boonstra with us. Hey. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Um, so I'm going to immediately hand the reins over to Andy because he has all sorts of fun things planned. So Andy, take it away. Yeah, okay. First, I wanted to say uh, welcome to Joel. Joel has actually been on the podcast once before, right? You were uh, yep. one of the players in one of our year and our most recent year-end uh, dungeon actual play, right? Yep, yep, that's right. And, yeah, uh, and if you ask me I, who my character was, I would not be able to tell you. So, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me scratch that off my list of interview questions then. Yes. Uh, Joel is actually one, Chris, I don't know if you know this, Joel is one of our oldest and most faithful listeners and fans. Oh. So, you know, when you start a podcast or I suppose any other creative project, you somewhat sheepishly go to your friends and tell them, hey, I'm doing a thing. <laughs> And so Joel was one of those people I said, hey, we're doing a podcast. And when you tell your friends that, you expect that they will listen for like, they'll give it like a 10 minute courtesy listen and mm-hmm. then never speak of it again. But yeah. uh, as the weeks and months went on, I would occasionally get messages from Joel that suggested he was uh, actually listening to the podcast. And <laughs> Joel, either like you were playing a real long deception game or you were actually <laughs> listening to an awful lot of our episodes. So yeah. it's actually a pleasure to have you uh, have you on. We Joel is now a dungeon master, which is why he's allowed on the show. Um, <laughs> uh, so we'll get to that in a few minutes. But uh, yeah, I can say your characterization of my listening—at well, least one of those was correct. So yeah, <laughs> perfect. Okay. Let's leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, so I have a special thing planned for us today. Last week we kind of stepped a little bit out of the usual routine. That was by necessity because Chris and I really, uh, really botched the recording of the of the podcast. So we had to do something different at the last minute. But then that was pretty well received, and so we decided that we might take the summer to try out a couple of different alternate takes on the podcast. I don't think we're changing the format permanently or anything, but we are going to no. try to uh, flex some creative muscle this summer. And I have such a creative exercise planned for Chris and Joel. But first, I had a couple questions for each of you guys. And Chris, mm-hmm. let's go ahead and start with you. Because okay. Chris, I understand that after a year, a year and a half, you have started gaming in person again. Is that true? Yes. Yeah. I played in a session on Saturday in person um, on my friend Matt's uh, deck and it was wonderful. It was amazing. Yeah. We've been playing for a, yeah about a year, year and a half online almost exclusively. It was, it was very bizarre to be in the same place as the people that I've been playing with. I mean, I think as I'm seeing people like not on Zoom and stuff, the thing that I keep on remarking on, it's like, oh, wow, like your proportions are just like different. Like I can see the bottom half of you. Like (laughs) Your lighting's good, right? You know, all that that sort of stuff. Um, But yeah, it was, it was a really interesting experience to me because like, I actually found myself being like a little scared being in person. And then also realizing that a lot of my RPG muscles were built around getting to hide behind a camera somewhat (laughs) as well, right? Like, you don't have a mute button in person, which is a surprise, but like, yes, yeah, so you can't just like <laughs> mute to cough or like turn your video off to go do something else. If you need to, you have to be present, which, you know, that's, I guess that's what we'll have to get used to again. But yeah, so it was, it ended up being really good. Like once I got comfortable again, like that, it was just, it was nice, right? Like you didn't have to wait your turn as much as you do when you're on video, right? Like where you have to sort of wait for everybody to stop talking. So you can have your turn to talk and then you have to wait and like, you know, uh, which is, which is all good and stuff, but in person you can bounce ideas off each other a little bit easier yeah so it was good it was a super fun session we were playing outside so the once the sun started going down we had to um sort of pick up the pace plot wise (laughs) 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 
So have you learned anything about, uh, particularly about GMing, but I guess about playing in the last year and a half of playing almost exclusively online that you think is going to improve your or, or make your in-person gaming more fun? The only thing I would say that I've learned is that online gaming can work and I don't like it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, so like in a pinch, it can work, um, right? If scheduling stuff happens, you know, like where you it only makes sense for you to play online like yeah you can make that make that work um but i, I just vastly prefer being in person i think is what it, what it really comes down to and I, it's probably related just sort of to the style of play that i enjoy too yeah i think like some of those things like waiting your turn is probably a good thing right there's a little less crosstalk <laughs> online do you plan to start running something uh, soon? Uh, like a more than just a one shot here or there do you have any campaigns that you've been spending the last year and a half kind of cooking up in your brain yeah so i mentioned this on the discord we were, we we're chatting a little bit yeah so like the the past year or so has not been great for like my mental health which i don't think is a surprise to anyone probably anyone who's listened to the podcast but then also has lived through this experience yeah so i think actually getting to do stuff in person like with people has really <laughs> awakened this idea in me that like oh wow i can plan things now so i've started to jot down some ideas for a campaign I can't say anything about it publicly until until we actually start. This is the problem if you do a podcast. Sometimes your players listen to it. <laughs> so <laughs> I know there's at least, at least one person listening to this podcast that will probably end up being a player. So I want to make sure that I'm not spoiling sort of like the big hook or some of the big plans that I have for the start of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's actually been really nice just starting to type up notes for that. So Well, uh, one uh, thing, it might be fun. We can talk about this later, I suppose. But, but uh, if you do get to a point where we're kind of making concrete plans for that, to the extent mm -hmm. that you can do it without spoiling stuff, it would be interesting to get a little bit of like on on the air peek into your campaign prep. So something to think about, maybe. Yeah. 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 No. Sure. I mean, you probably will have to get it even if you didn't want it. So. That's. Yeah. That's. I'm trying to save face here. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So let me turn my uh, gaze over to Joel here, who's been waiting patiently. Uh, well, Chris and I uh, chatted there. Joel, you are on the podcast. Well. You're a friend and we like you, you know, so there's that reason. But the real reason you're here is because you finally donned the mantle of Game Master maybe a yes. couple of months ago. You, I know you've played uh, role-playing games for a few years because you've played in some games that I run. But is it correct that you only Game Master for the first time like in the last six months? Yeah, that that is correct. I have taught people how to play board games and tabletop games and stuff, but um, I have not run uh, a role-playing game before. Mm. Uh, and I was inspired by, well, you know, listening to this podcast and specifically because I was trying to find something to do uh, with my kids <laughs> um, yeah. that would engage both of them. Because one of them is happy to sit and play board games with me. The other one is, is not. So hmm. I thought that uh, role-playing games might be, might be something that, that could engage them both. And what has the, how has that gone over with your kids? Uh, it's gone over... It's, it's gone over well, and oddly, which I guess probably is the case whenever you're playing with kids. So the we played Hero Kids. I got that on the suggestion of somebody from the Discord. as sort of a simplified intro to, like, the mechanics of, like, I, I assume D&D-style mechanics just kind of, like, stripped down a bit. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it only uses a six-sided die, and the combat system is a lot more straightforward. But, you know, it has some of the, a lot of the same elements, I think. 
Um, and it's it's been good because the few campaigns that I've run have been a good opportunity to see like how my kids both react to <laughs> kind of open-ended sort of story prompts, but then also like sort of the more rigorous like dungeon crawl type thing. And I learned pretty quickly I've got one who really wants to follow all of like... <laughs> Like, if I had the whole thing laid out and, like, this is what we do next, uh, she would definitely be following that and understanding, like, oh, this is what we need to do next. And then the mm-hmm. other one who we were on a pirate ship and decided she wanted to aim the cannons at the uh, the mast to see if she could bring, <laughs> <laughs> while we were below decks, to see if she could bring the the deck crashing down. I don't know what her what her end game was. <laughs> Some people Some just song. want to watch the world burn. Is that yeah. uh, Is that what you're yeah. learning about your daughter? Yep, that is a that is a good a good assessment. But it it has been fun, and it's been um, interesting. It's been a challenge and interesting to me because I've learned pretty quickly that you can't, at least for me. I mean, I can't just look at the the mechanics of the game and say, okay, these are the mechanics of the game. We're going to follow those mechanics with this published adventure, and then we will do the thing that it says, and then it will kind of come out. Because, first of all, I am not super familiar with it, so I kind of have to wing it despite whatever prep I did. But then also, they're going to find stuff that is not anticipated by either the story that I'm running or the mechanics that the game, the system like provides. And so then I need to be able to figure out what to do yeah. while, while not just keeping them completely on rails and say, okay, we are going to meet this zombie pirate captain. Mm-hmm. But, but we kind of got to get there somehow. So I don't mean to put you on the spot too much here, but can you think of like a, a memorable incident where your kids threw you a huge curveball and you say and you rose to the challenge? Uh, I don't know if I rose to the challenge, but um, the the curveball. So we we're we we're running a playing a game, an adventure where you know the kids start out. They're prisoners on a pirate ship. Their parents are too. Of course, the kids can slip out. And the whole idea is the kids will save the day, free the parents. They'll sail back, you know. My kids, you know, slipped out immediately, decided that they didn't like their parents. And, but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> kind of left oh. the parents there. But then when we finally did, you know, defeat the big baddie and it came time to like, well, let's go rescue the parents now. They said, no, we have this pirate ship. <laughs> We're, now we're going to be pirates. Yeah. <laughs> let's keep the let's keep the parents in in jail and and let's go sail. So that's that's kind of how we ended the adventure. Nice. Actually, I said, yeah. uh, "Okay, you set out to sea, and we'll see what happens." And that was fine. I mean, that worked out well because that was the end of the the adventure, and you know, it's kind of open ended either way. But then all of the published adventures in that thing are you are in this town, and adventures happen around you. So mm-hmm. I did then have to do some work in between to like. <laughs> figure out a way to to keep them in that vein and but still get them back to the thing and i don't know so that that was not as much on my feet as as it was some some work in between sessions to like retcon the thing yeah. that they were doing with <laughs> the next adventure that i wanted to run for them so i don't know i think they ended up uh deciding that their parents had to work for them but then they realized that they needed food and so they sailed back and they were just going to get some food and then set back on their way and then of course adventure struck while they were in in port Mm -hmm. so if nothing else it tells me a lot about my kids that i probably knew already (laughs) yeah after every game could we expect to find dungeon master joel like curled into a fetal position sobbing in the corner (laughs) (laughs) they don't need me anymore For whatever reason, I feel like it's a common discovery when you introduce kids or a spouse 
to role-playing who have not role-played that at least one of them turns out to be some crazy chaotic murdering <laughs> uh like marauder uh that mm-hmm. it just comes out in the game and it makes you just reassess the person that you you know or you married or you gave birth to <laughs> yes in in retrospect i knew which one it was going to be like already yeah. so that that part wasn't a surprise but yeah. you know it provides a, a nice um outlet for that that energy that yeah hopefully it's better to is, figure out is now. healthy <laughs> Okay, well, guys, I hope you don't mind if I if I usher us into the meat of this episode. Mm-hmm. So I've asked each of you to bring some dice along with you. Can you guys confirm that you have your dice handy? I have mm-hmm. so many dice. Okay. Yeah. So we enjoyed, uh, in the last episode, playing that um, uh, Sports Are Numerology. That was a great game. And we got some good feedback that people enjoyed listening to it. That the main feedback being that I got the date for the invention of uh, area codes wrong so like i expected i expected the the critical feedback to be about sports facts that we botched and in fact we did get some feedback but i i learned that a lot of people that aren't me know when area codes were invented mm-hmm. which is weird i i would not have said no. that was a thing people know but i no, i'm going on record and say that's a, that's a terrible thing for people to know yeah yeah so if you're listening and you know when area codes are invented you should feel bad about yourself no, you should feel very good and i apologize not at all for any of the sports related mishaps. <laughs> that's right <laughs> yeah. anyway uh the fun we had doing that has made me think i'd like to do something similar again this week um but what so one thing i have thought about that it might be fun to try doing on the air uh but that i've never quite figured out how to do it in a fun way is some kind of character creation exercise where we mm. do some sort of uh joint uh creation of characters character creation is a really fun part of gaming but it's the listening to someone like make a Pathfinder character sounds like it would be really tedious to me. So I, that's why I haven't, Chris, I haven't <laughs> brought this up before. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but um, if you guys will indulge me, uh, I want to run you guys through a little creative exercise that's part like Mad Libs and part character creation. And so if you'll just uh, indulge me for a little bit. So you guys don't know this because we haven't edited the podcast yet, but our intro music was changed this episode to oh a jaunty little 80s tune. I have a soundtrack for what we're about to do. Without further ado, let me begin. I'll be the dungeon master... I'll be the dungeon master here, although I might participate with you in some of the uh, the creative character stuff a little bit later. But I need a little bit of info for you before we begin, and I'll be jotting this down. So if you hear the sound of papers shuffling over here, dear listeners, that's what's happening. So the year is 1984. So I need a couple of facts from you guys. Chris, from you, I need the name of a... This is all fictional. I need the name of a fictional 1980s media conglomerate. Okay, and while you think of that, Joel, I need from you a name and an actor for the super high-strung, constantly shouting and screaming boss that you guys will have as employees at this at this company. So from you, I need the name of that boss and then the actor who would portray him if this were a TV show. And you can be anachronistic here if you want. It doesn't have to be an 80s actor, although kudos to you if you can think of one. So, uh, Chris, do you have the name for a company? Yeah. So just, just real quick, um, just tell me about the tone that you're trying to strike here. 
Uh, the tone I'm trying to strike is pretty silly and cartoony. Okay. Okay. But like still grounded in reality. Like it is. So Andy, is there magic? <laughs> there are ninjas. Okay. Okay. So did that help? Not really, but I like, I like to know that. Okay. Oh <laughs> right. uh, yeah. So give me something cartoony. It can be, it can be kind of silly. Uh, I like roughly grounded in real life. Um, I'm just going to go with like the first idea. Uh, it's probably not the best, but I'm going to go with like a world con ink. World con ink. Okay. You guys will be working in the children's entertainment division of Worldcon Inc., but I want you guys to tell me a couple of the other divisions that this uh, global company has. Uh, cigarettes. <laughs> okay. They run the cigarette ads during the children's TV shows, of course. There's so. some good, good synergy. <laughs> yes. All right, so it's the children's entertainment. There's um, cigarettes, uh, like... Probably like gas extraction. Okay. And the philanthropy arm mm. like raises research money for like cancers that were caused by cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Chris, I think that's perfect. So Joel, okay. do you have a, a boss for us? I do. Yes. So um, actor first, I, I debated here, but I'm going to go with Robert Loggia. He was in Big and any number of other things. Um, but he makes a good screamy boss. But he can also play uh, play kindly if he needs to. Well, he'll, you'll just be experiencing the screamy boss part of it in this game. Excellent. But carry on. Yep. And then uh, he he is uh, his his name in the. Or I'm assuming his name in this this movie or whatever that we're doing is uh, his name is Sterling Conroy. <laughs> uh, he's the con in World Con Inc. Oh my goodness. <laughs> So this yeah. is he's higher ranking than I than I thought. Okay, this is good. This is good. Yeah, I was gonna say, you know, he's he's not the uh, the Conroy is the Con and World Con Inc., but he's not uh, the original. The original. He's um kind of a, a generation or two past from the Ooh. the, mm. the uh, original family, the original founder of, of World Con Inc. Okay. One last question about this company: Why were representatives from this company testifying last year in front of Congress at controversial congressional hearings? I mean, you said the obvious one of cigarette commercials during the the, the children's entertainment yeah. program, but there's got to be something a little like that's pretty on the nose for World Conning. <laughs> like, I, I'm positive they're doing that, but maybe we can come up with something a little bit more interesting. So, remember yeah. those um toy that I never got but I always wanted like a swamp creature like press thing or whatever like you could like put this goo in a thing and I think it would oh. create a swamp creature or oh, something yes. like that if it if it didn't exist pretend it did but they used a dye that permanently turned kids <laughs> hands green mm-hmm. um like just for like the entire like years on end like these, yeah. these this green stuff was just not coming out I bet in uh when Billy Joel recorded uh, We Didn't Start the Fire, there's like a line about the green-handed children yeah. <laughs> in this alternate timeline version of the 80s, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, excellent, you guys. Okay. I don't have this exactly timed out how long this is going to be, so we'll just we'll just roll with it. So now I need some information about each of you. You are both employees in the Children's Entertainment Division of Worldcon, Inc. So from, from each of you, I need your employee name. Um, I'm going to be Winston... Like, like Winston's sad sack, but something that's a little <laughs> bit less. We'll, we'll go with that. Winston's sad sack. Okay. Like, everybody calls him sad sack, but it's probably pronounced slightly differently. I'm going to be a name that I swear was the, the actual name of 
somebody at the very first school that I went to, um, Pete Peterson. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's actually the case, but I'm I'm quite sure that we had a janitor or something that was named Pete Peterson. (laughs) Okay. Then uh, before we begin, I just have one more question for you, and then we're going to get rolling with the game. The two of you have been on a project for many years that has been really successful. You've staked your professional careers on a children's entertainment franchise you created that you've assured your boss uh, is competition-proof. And it's it's dominating Saturday morning cartoons. It's selling uh, loads of toys at Toys R Us. What is the children's franchise you guys have been responsible for? We've been, uh, so my daughter is almost six, so we're starting to watch like Disney Disney cartoons, and I'm realizing that they they will sort of fragment their shows into um, like so we're watching one called the Amphibia right now, and it's all about like swamp creatures and like frogs and stuff like that. So they always have this really strong strong idea tied to a place and stuff, and I think that was probably pretty common with '80s stuff. I'm thinking about like Smurfs and things like that. Mm. It's got to be some sort of, we're going to invent a billion dollar IP on the spot right here. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You guys will, will, you have to actually put real money into this idea as part of this exercise. Uh, Yeah. No, you don't, but go on. So when you say tied to a place, Chris, so like Smurfs were in like the woods and they had Mm -hmm. like Gargamel. He-Man was in like Castle, what, Eternia or Castle Grayskull and Eternia. And Mm -hmm. is this franchise going to be like some sort of, uh, anthropomorphic animal or like a weird creature or uh, it really could be anything and this mm-hmm. is this is one you don't need to overthink too much it's mostly just so so space dinosaurs then mm-hmm. yeah that sounds perfect like so, yeah maybe like space dinosaurs okay um yeah sweet yeah i like that Joel. can the space dinosaurs be sorry andy you opened up this can of worms, it's, it's but... fine i i knew this might happen like, what if the space dinosaurs are also like ships themselves so now you've invented tra- the tra- the dinosaur transformers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah basically. Yeah. <laughs> so I wrote down space dinosaurs that are are also spaceships. Uh, okay, uh, that I would I would have pestered my parents to buy me those. I'm not going to lie. I yeah. do think I do think that on like a just an unhinged flight of ideas is pretty perfect for 80s mm-hmm. toy creation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, guys, let's go ahead and begin. We're going to jump right into this. Uh, You guys have showed up for work at uh, Worldcon, Inc. Feeling pretty good. Uh, You know, the last quarterly report was good. You're anticipating some nice bonuses at the end of the year. But uh, when you guys walk into your office, you know, you're in this towering structure uh, in New York. You walk into, you know, the office, you're walking past the different desks, and there's this uh, real air of tension uh, that you pick up immediately. And nobody is really making eye contact with you uh, as you sort of nervously walk, uh, you know, towards your desks and you sit down. You're kind of fumbling going through your you know, start of the workday routine when the door to Sterling Conroy's office, he has the plush corner office with the big windows, of course. The door flies open, and the intimidating silhouette of your boss appears. Sad sack! Peterson! Get your your bleepin' bleeps in my office (laughs) yesterday, or you're both fired. Okay, he then uh, retreats into the office, slamming the door behind him. Okay, what are you guys going to do? Oh, Winston was stood up as soon as the the office door opened to Sterling. So he's he's running over there. Pete has a... Kind of a, he's got a bit of pep in his step. Uh, he kind of takes his name seriously. And so he's less sad sack and more um, 
uh, more toady, but he's he's there too. He's the Estera right away. He's kind of marches with kind of his chin in the air. Okay. You guys walk past. Uh, give me just throw me out the name of the overworked, underappreciated secretary. Uh, Darlene. Uh, Darlene gives you sort of a you really got him riled up uh, sort of look uh, as you walk past. Long story short, so you enter the office. It feels like it's about 15 degrees hotter in here just from the force of uh, Mr. Conroy's uh, anger. He's red-faced and veins are uh, popping out of his neck. He's furious, okay? Sit down, both of you. Sir, sir, I I swear I can explain. You're not going to explain anything. Sit down. (laughs) Yes, sir. Got my notes. Ready to take them if you need them. You know what? No, maybe I am going to give you a chance. Before we have our little talk, uh, does either of you have anything you need to say to me? Um, I I nervously sort of like adjust the the gloves that I've been wearing on my hands, but um, but besides that, I say well, no, no, sir. Yeah, uh, Winston. Winston will say, uh, I, I I know I know ratings ratings were down with season three, but but they'll be up on four. Ratings on four are going to be even worse than they were on three. Sad sack. What is this? He screams, and he slams a big, thick uh, newspaper down on uh, the table, coffee table in front of you. It's the uh, just the New York Times, and there's a front page article, and uh, your blood runs cold as you read the headline. New Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fad dominating children's market. Okay, And the, subti- the subheader is something like, Competitor stock down eighty <laughs> percent <laughs> on, on the the toy investing <laughs> portion of the the newspaper. You two, you two came into my office three years ago with your stupid space dinosaurs that are spaceships idea, <laughs> and you convinced me to devote a huge percentage of this company's resources to that. And you know, and you know what the result of all that has been. A bunch of green sewer mutants are booting your space dinosaurs off of every channel in America. Okay, look at this. Look at this. He holds up the paper and uh, he unfolds the uh, the article and you can see there's some photos and it's a photo from like a, a Toys R Us. And you see that the Toys R Us employees are calling bins of space dinosaur toys out just to the garbage uh, to make room for a new bin of like teenage mutant ninja turtles action figures okay uh winston will um like start to undo his his tie and just like like he'll look as green as the kid's hands (laughs) um so i i i've um i've looked so actually somewhat relieved to see what's on the the cover because um and i take my gloves off i say well at least it's not about this and my hands are (laughs) very bright green I say, but I, I'm prepared for this. He gives I, you I, I, a death glare to to beat all death glares. Uh, I, I, but but sir, you know, I anticipated this, and I've prepared a list of of signature foods that our space dinosaurs could have to rival the pizzas that these teenage mutant ninja turtles like. I I have some some options. We uh, I'm gonna stop. Go I'm gonna stop you right there, Peterson. Uh, let this be yes, an edict from now on. Uh, I am not to hear the word space or dinosaur from either of your mouths ever again, or you're both fired. So you may be wondering why I called you in here instead of just firing your bleeps, right? <laughs> am I right? And that is because oh, right. I'm going to give 
you two sad sacks one chance to redeem yourselves. You are going to go into the marketing lab, and you are not going to leave the marketing lab until you have created a children's franchise that is going to kick those ninja turtles back off of the airwaves. Okay? You yes, are going to yes, make sir. the yes, worst, sir. the cheesiest, the stupidest knockoff of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles you can possibly imagine. And you're going to do that before you are allowed to go home from this building. Do you understand? Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes, now, sir. Happy to help. Good. Get over to the marketing lab right now. Your idea may not involve space dinosaurs in any way, shape, or form. And I <laughs> expect to see your recommendation uh, for this new franchise by end of day. Okay. Yes. Yes, sir. You guys, uh, you guys do the walk of shame past uh, all of your other employees. Who, of course, everyone can hear every single word that mm-hmm. that Conroy bellows in his office. And you retreat to the marketing lab, which is which is like a windowless a windowless room with a bunch of. Do they have whiteboards in the eighties? Oh, do they? I don't know. I have no idea. It's a it, it's a it's a it's a glum, depressing sort of place. A sort of place that gives birth to space dinosaurs that are also spaceships. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so here, uh, all right, I'm going to step out of the game for a minute. So your job and what we are going to do here on the show is to create a team of four, uh, four cartoon <laughs> characters uh, that are that are totally not like blatant knockoffs of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay. Oh my goodness. Or Battletoads. Or yeah, or Battletoads. <laughs> so I realize we're you know the time is time is ticking along here, so I'll try to uh, speed us up, but. I have a method here that will help us do this. So I'm not just asking you to come up with this uh, off the tops of your heads. An underappreciated gem uh, in the role-playing game hobby is a game called Gamma World 7th Edition. Gamma World is a silly post-apocalyptic setting where, like, you play mutant creatures. It's not serious post-apocalyptic or grim post-apocalyptic. It's kind of it's kind of goofy. It's really gonzo. We're not going to be creating characters like crunching up numbers and stuff like that, but we're going to be coming up with four character concepts and you're going to pitch them as a, you know, a crime fighting team or whatever. Uh, and the way in Gamma World that you create characters is you roll on, there are two big tables of concepts, okay, of like single word concepts. And you roll uh, once on each table and so you get two concepts and then you just tuck those concepts together and you mm-hmm. come up with a way that they make some kind of sense. Okay? Yeah. So that's what we're going to do here. The first one we do, uh, we might take a little bit more time on, so we'll walk through it step by step. You guys can both participate in creating these characters. It's not just like one or two of you. But Joel, why don't you start us off? I'm going to give you your two concepts. And then as needed, I'll explain more. Okay? Okay. So you're you're in the marketing lab. You've got out your scratch paper. Uh, You've got four child-appealing, crime-fighting cartoon characters to create. So, Joel, I would like you to roll first on an eight-sided die. Okay. Got a three. A three. And then second on a six-sided die. Uh, Another three. Okay. The first concept is radioactive. Okay. (laughs) So I want you to uh, roll both of those dice again, eight-sided and six-sided. All right. Eight is a one. One and a four. Uh, The second concept is electrokinetic. (laughs) So you guys need to take those two concepts and come up with a character. And so here are the things we need to decide for this character. 
We need to give it a name, and we need to give it just a brief description of what it is. You know, radioactive and electrokinetic are two big, broad things. You can interpret them however you like. Our goal here is to create, like, a cartoon character. So when you figure out what the character is, we're going to come up with, like, its uh, its thing. So you know how in, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like, Raphael is cool but rude, and Michelangelo mm-hmm. is a party dude. So we just need yeah. a, like, a brief <laughs> phrase that describes your character. And then maybe the cool move yeah. that its action figure does when you press the lever on the back. Okay? Mm-hmm. So... Uh, radioactive and electrokinetic. I don't even know what electrokinetic means. So, um, so electro, I immediately think of an eel, right? An yeah. electric eel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe everybody was thinking of that. Radioactive, of course, that's how the eel becomes ambulatory, and um, possibly that's where the t- the kinetic powers come from. Um, yeah, I was thinking if it would. It's like, is it a human that got fused with an eel, so it has just like eel arms? So you hit the button, and like the these like eel arms flap around. Yes. Or is it a giant eel? <laughs> like just a giant eel with legs and arms. Mm. So if it if it were a giant eel, that that's the first thing that I had, had visioned, and then um, presumably it's going to have to fight crime somehow outside of the water, mm-hmm. and so it would need some sort of a suit, like a. <laughs> Like think Krang, or yeah. from the the turtles, like you know. The, no, we're not allowed to say say anything oh, about the turtles. <laughs> sorry, yeah, the so lawyers sorry. are going to be listening. Like, uh, all over us if we if we if we do this wrong, Peterson. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but the the boys down in marketing aren't aren't too thrilled with the idea of designing this whole suit. So I think they're looking looking more at the the human with eel arms. Yeah, because we can just use the existing the existing like. He-Man line up and just take the arms off and put the eels on. Oh, that's good. If you can, if yes. you can cannibalize existing toy lines. All right. So, with the description, how would you guys describe it in a couple of words? Mm. I mean, person with eel arms is fine. Uh, like, <laughs> so eel man is maybe a little on the nose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, that is what he is. Okay. So he's eel man. <laughs> a person with eel arms. How about wait, how about this? How about how about wet and electric? Okay, so are you... Okay, so... That's the name, yeah? Yeah, so the next thing is we need to come up with his name. Now, you guys may... You can pick the name now. Obviously, uh, one of the characteristics of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and uh, the Battletoads you mentioned, they have a unified kind of naming scheme. Mm -hmm. Turtles are Renaissance artists. The Battletoads are gross skin conditions. Um, (laughs) uh, uh, You can come up with a name now, but you might... Think about the theme because you do need a, some kind of a theme. Okay. So description is wet and electric, and we'll uh, put a pin on that name. Okay. Now. Yeah. All right. Then only a couple more things, and then we'll move on to the next character. Like every group of uh, cartoon characters in the '80s, like he had a color, like he has a, a sash, or his shirt is like a particular color to distinguish him from the other mm-hmm. members of the team. So, what color is his like outfit? <laughs> like gross kelp green, or maybe we'll <laughs> just go with yellow. Okay. Yellow. That's easier to write than gross kelp, kelp green. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what's his thing? So, you know, the, uh, you know, cool but rude party dude. Oh, so his, like, his sort of his his general attitude. Yeah. What's his tood, as we might have. Did we say that in the 80s? <laughs> um, I feel like an eel would be annoying. Annoyed um, or annoying? Annoying. Okay. Oh, it's sort of like a. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, or, or the electricity. Maybe he's like uh, the dancing one because he can provide like electric, I don't know, lights or whatever yeah. for his own dance dance party. <laughs> All right. I just wrote down he's the dancing one. Um, okay. 
And then lastly, so there's a few other things. I don't want to take too much time because I don't. I I know we don't have infinite time here. But let's. If he has a catchphrase, uh, that would be pretty swell. Like, so what's the thing when the front the credits are rolling and he gets his like one second in the credits? Uh, what what is his phrase? He says, "Is it Calabunga?" You know. Oh yeah, uh, it's a zip zap zow. <laughs> He really is annoying. Uh, we haven't even. <laughs> oh, he probably ends most sentences. Yeah, most sentences end with zip zap or zow. <laughs> and then when he's finishing somebody off, it's always a three a three part move. Zip, yeah. <laughs> zap, and then zow is the. Oh, that's good because the next question is what's his like signature weapon or attack? Like now ninjas are in. He doesn't have to be a ninja, but you know something something a little ninja esque might not be the worst here. I mean, I think it's like a roundhouse, like because he's got the two two eels for arms. It probably just like mm. he spins them around really fast, like. <laughs> There's got to be electricity though involved, right? Yeah, like so. I think it's like it's like this electric like disc on either side of him. Ah, uh, yes. mm. excellent. That's gonna be good. I think I already have pictured the final question for this character is what does the toy do when you like press the lever on the back? Does it spin its arms around? I think Te- like Tepid Sparks. He Man had like some characters that did this. Yeah, I think the the commercial shows it as like one continuous blur of electricity, but I think in reality you have to like hit it a bunch of times and it only sort of ever flops <laughs> like back and forth. <laughs> yes. All right, that's your first character. He does need a name. So put a pin in the name. We're going to come back to it because uh, now, Chris, it is your turn to roll concepts for the next character. So I need you to roll a D8 and a D6. Tell me the D8 first. Uh, seven. Okay. And one. One of the con- the first concept is reanimated. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and the second uh, one. Three, four. And the second concept is rat swarm. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> that's really awful. Um, I mean, like, so the the zombie rat king, but like rat king, like the rat kings, where all the the tails are tied up <laughs> together. Do you? Oh yeah. Are you familiar oh. with that concept? Yes. Okay, no one Google that. That's the okay. that's my first idea. We can obviously explore the space a little bit more. Joel, do you want to explore the that space a little bit more? Uh, or are we I getting... think Zombie Rat King is great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, there's still a lot of detail we got to flesh out with this guy. Okay, so um, what's his shtick? What, what do you think his attitude is? Let's take a step back and, like, I know I'm not allowed to say Splinter, but, like, let's make him, like, kind of, like, Splinter. Mm. a little bit like so he's he's one giant rat who i think can throw out rats like one mm. one giant zombie yes. zombie rat who can throw throw out rats and no one's really sure where they come from so so he's reanimated mm-hmm. the rat swarm comes in with his his attack yeah so he sends out like little mini mini rat yeah. kings yeah little little mini ones um i think he he thinks he's a king uh, as well so yes. like maybe yeah you know i was gonna say uh you know, the word dignity is really springing to mind with this character. Uh, <laughs> oh. Yeah. yeah, again, we're not thinking about Splinter. No. But Quiet Grace. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Any sort of a mentor type figure, you would say? I think he thinks he's a mentor figure, but I think like he's he's constantly saying stuff that he thinks sounds smart, but yes. it doesn't actually make any sense. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. I Yeah. yeah. I can already think of the terrible, like, groaner lines he's going to have in the cartoon. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, what color is his, like, bandana or whatever? Um, let's see. Black? Because of the zombie thing? 
Okay. Can't be purple because I don't want Conroy to yell at me again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's his catchphrase? Um, is it is it um, well done, pretties? When his rat kings swarms are done, have done their work. <laughs> okay. It makes him a little a little uh, a little like a witch, I suppose. But yeah, that's okay. Know. These are real multifaceted characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I can already see the tie-in novels are going to really explore in depth their like personalities and backstories. <laughs> uh, okay, and lastly, we may have answered this with uh, already, but what does the toy do when you press the lever? Oh, it like yeah, shoots out this like blob of rats. <laughs> okay, okay, guys, we are we are half done with your team. You don't have names yet, so I need you to keep noodling on that. I'm sorry for using the word noodling like that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> So, Joel, we're back to you. Roll two concepts for team member number three, okay? Uh, D8 first, and then a D6. All right. One and five. All right. We have a felinoid is the first concept. (laughs) What was that word? Felinoid. I I think it means cat-like. Oh, okay. Okay, and the second one? And three, one. And the second concept is plant. <laughs> it's like a pussy willow. <laughs> okay, uh, I need a description of this this character. Uh, it's cat lazy. Cats are lazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he doesn't have to be, you know, like a cat. He could just have a characteristic of a cat. That's fair game with these descriptors. Mm-hmm. So lazy and sort of the like. I'll I'll like let I'll let the rest of the team do the the heavy lifting and. I'll come in and clean up the clean up the mess once once they're done. It's constantly like showing up at the end and like, hey guys, what I miss or something like yeah. that. <laughs> that might be a good catchphrase. Catch <laughs> yeah. All right. So what does he look like? Oh man. So I guess we could go like little shop of horrors plant, or we could go mm-hmm. like like a very light, like feline, like elegant type. We've already got some okay, so like there's the the eel guy. Um, yeah. Right, it's, it's kind of like I don't know, not lithe isn't the right word, but I think sort of fits that space. I like the idea of of like a chunky, yeah, <laughs> character. Yeah, yeah. So you know, Garfield is a lot of purchase with the kids these days. I think mm-hmm. like like some sort of fat cat. I think yeah, like half half flower like in a flower pot, and another mm. half like Garfield, but that's <laughs> <laughs> gross. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to put out in the description field here, guys. You can help me out. All right, one of you may need to make an executive decision and describe this thing. Joel, you have to make the decision on this one. Um, okay, so um, uh, actually, okay. Um, so yes, chunky, um, lazy, but uh, and constantly wearing like sort of Rocky style training gear. Um, oh, to, perfect. Um, as part of like, I don't know, some like imagined training regimen that he never quite gets to. And I'm not okay. sure how plant comes into all of this. So. This guy, I feel like this one, we have the richest psychological profile of this character mm-hmm. so far. He's got a lot going on. <laughs> okay. And so is he a is he a potted plant? Is that is he a, a cat like sticking out of a, a plant pot? I'm not I, I, I think he's that. got plant I think he's he must have plant legs that sort mm-hmm. of like like moves him around like four or eight of them or whatever. But he's sort of like toddling along with, with sort of a, a top heavy like cat body <laughs> okay. in, in the in the rocky 
Japanese. Wrestling. Yeah, yeah. I think we're gonna have to just see what the uh, the guys in in the art department do with uh, do with this concept. Uh, oh, the art department is, wants to put him in a pot. Uh, what is what color is his bandana or sash or whatever or his training gear? We have uh, so far we have yellow and black have been claimed, and we gotta avoid those. Those other that other franchise, if we mm-hmm. can, which means let's see, orange, red, blue, and purple are off the table. So mm-hmm. that that does leave green. He is yeah. a plant. Okay, green marks. For his catchphrase, is his catchphrase still "Hey guys, what I miss"? Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then lastly, so what's his signature attack slash the thing that the action figure does? So like the group that should we shouldn't talk about. Maybe it's food related. Maybe there's some sort of probably can't do lasagna because you know mm. but um something that uh he he attacks with some sort of a f- food it's like salad like yeah yes like salad yeah um or croutons or something like that i mean it probably depends on what what fast food chain we can get to to partner with us but oh, maybe it's yeah. hamburgers from mcdonald's yes yeah. yes or uh or roast beef sandwich <laughs> Yeah, roast beef sandwiches. Uh, yeah, so whatever it is, like, so there's, like, you know, the, the action figure box is going to be, like, with real, like, sandwich throw in action. I and mean, it's going to be, like, the trademark. You're going to yep. have the trademark symbol next to, like, the, with real Whopper. Right, right. Action. Yeah. Okay. I, yes. Okay, keep that name in mind. But then we're going to move on to uh, the final member of our super team here. So, Chris, it, uh, I need you to roll a D8 and a D6. Okay, eight. One. All right. The first descriptor is demon. Okay. Two. Two. The second descriptor is gravity controller. Uh, I'm sorry. These are the two raddest descriptors to ever be together. (laughs) Yeah, that's a little prescriptive of like what he does. So why don't we just have that second one be just kind of gravity so okay. play with the concepts of demon and gravity um okay so i think it uh it flies oh yeah you gotta have at least something that flies mm-hmm. i mean could it just be a giant fly like a giant demon fly oh uh how's gravity mm-hmm. come in there oh because flies can walk on walls they do yeah they can walk on walls they can fly um mm. when did when did the fly come out like early 80s right yeah yeah it was in the air <laughs> jeff jeff goldblum i think is yep Okay, okay, so, so he's a uh, he's a, a fly like an actual giant fly that does yeah. the stuff flies do. So he crawls on walls and ceilings, and he flies around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, flies and stuff. is really disgusting and gross. To yeah, look at. Un- uncomfortably large <laughs> giant fly. <laughs> All right, and uh, what is his what is his thing that he does? Uh, just as a reminder, we have uh, we have the dancing one. We have the one who's. Uh, Quiet, quietly graceful, but not as wise as he thinks. And then we have the uh, the kind of lazy, show always late to the party guy. Mm. So what's this one? So he's a de- is a demon in there. Is that yeah. part of his thing? I think it is. Uh, is there any sort of leader? Is there a natural leader here? I think our reanimated rat swarm thinks that he is. Yeah, but maybe this fly is is the leader. <laughs> okay. Not so, to make it too dark for an eighties child like children's cartoon, <laughs> but maybe maybe they're doing this demon flies business. <laughs> yeah, I think this fly is like somehow the the no nonsense leader leader of this group. Yeah. I like that. Okay, he's a no nonsense leader. Is his thing? Mm-hmm. What uh, color is his his hat? Oh, um, his hat is. We've got green, black, and yellow taken. 
Oh, it's Pink. Pink. Okay. He's uh, also what's his catchphrase? Like, he's also like a lounge singer. <laughs> <laughs> and his his catchphrase? Yeah. Uh, buzz off. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, what's his uh, like weapon slash attack slash the thing that the toy does? Oh, uh, wings flap. I think, okay, I think there are spots for the other three to sit on its back. Yes. Oh. Um, and then the wings So flap. this toy, it costs like three times what the other figures yes. do. It's like a, it's like more of like a set than a, yeah. Yeah. a figure, right? <laughs> yeah, oh, but that's the, good. The, the wings flap and I think like the eyes glow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Guys, you have successfully concepted out your team of uh, crime-fighting mutants. So they need some names, and they need, like, a unifying uh, theme here. Okay. <laughs> I mean, the unifying theme really sounds like sewer to me. <laughs> so I, I didn't ask you to give, a, like, a separate origin for each of these guys. But, you know, that can maybe fuel your thoughts on what the theme will be, maybe how you imagine they came into existence. Yeah. Well, um, so I'm... I, I, I'm I'm just a little concerned that Mr. Conroy might see sewer and uh, mm. and we might not be back here tomorrow. Well, we can't do space. What are we gonna do? Hmm. Hmm. Ocean. We've got a eel. Yeah. A barge. Bar- <laughs> <laughs> so the the barge brothers. <laughs> the barge bunch. The barge bunch. Yes. The barge bunch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's. It's not that much worse than Battletoads. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, the Barge Bunch, all right. And uh, so now you need to name these characters. I kept on thinking about, like, naming them after the presidents. <laughs> <Somehow>. <laughs> uh, we could name them after president's middle name, so it's not so on the nose. Oh, yeah. Do you know, I don't know any president's middle name. Well, Millhouse, but that's probably, yeah. that will soon not be allowed anymore in our, yeah. <laughs> in our, yeah. um, Oh man! Uh, well, Baines, Lyndon Baines Johnson. Okay. Um, got Ronald Wilson Reagan, right? Okay. Uh, oh yeah, could it only be like only uh, Republican? Delano. Yeah, Delano. We can do Millhouse. I mean, yeah, Simpsons aren't sure. around yet. Millhouse has got to be the plant, then, right? Maybe you could sue the Simpsons. Yes. Uh, in a year or two. Yes. Yeah, I mean Fitzgerald. That's got JFK there, right? I think Fitzgerald is the is our eel, right? Yeah. And I think that Millhouse has got to be our plant. Millhouse. All right, that leaves two. That leaves our uh, Rat King and the de- the Demon Fly. I think the Rat King is Baines. Baines. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, what does that leave for the uh, the Fly? Wilson. Yeah, Wilson. Um, yeah, I'm racking my racking my brain. <laughs> I mean, I'm impressed. Or Quincy. That... That you I pulled guess, that many, but how about John Quincy Adams, right? Quincy? Oh, Quincy is actually a pretty good name for for a giant fly. Quincy. All right, is it Quincy? Yeah. All right, guys. Well, in the interest of time, I want us to wrap up. I have a little. Uh, I have a little epilogue for you. You'll be uh, grateful to know I I nixed the idea of making you guys compose the lyrics to the theme song. <laughs> uh, uh, although I, yeah, I do have a little bit of a theme music I'll, I'll edit into the podcast here, so it'll play <laughs> at this point. Epilogue time. You guys, you frantically write this up, and you know you you feel pretty darn good about this uh, this pitch. You think it's it's just the thing to dethrone the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from their lock on uh, the cultural attention uh, of young America. So you uh, you deliver your reports. Uh, long story short, you deliver your report to uh, Sterling Conroy, and feeling like you maybe just dodged a bullet, 
you guys head home from the office. Okay, so <laughs> the kind of closing uh, closing scene camera uh, kind of pans to follow you guys uh, walking to the uh, parking garage. Uh, let's see, uh, Sad Sack, what car are you getting in? What what vehicle are you getting into? Oh, what would be like it's it's twenty five years old at this point and rusted out. Rusted out Cadillac. All right, and uh, Peterson, what are you uh, riding home? Uh, a practical import, of course, a Toyota Camry. Oh, uh, yeah, okay, there you go. Okay, uh, so you guys head off uh, to your homes, hoping against hope that uh, you've just saved, salvaged your careers somehow. Uh, the camera watches you guys drive off, and then the camera shifts back up. It zooms up the tall edifice of the uh, Worldcon Inc. building up to the very top floor where no one, uh, it's a, its like a restricted floor that no one is allowed to go to. We see that all the lights uh, of Worldcon Inc. are out pretty much except for a light shining in the window of the, of the top floor. Okay, the camera zooms into the window, zooms through the window into a dark, a dark laboratory. All sorts of high-tech equipment is all over the place. There's sort of a central console at which a figure is hunched. The uh, the figure is hunched in front of a computer with like a super high tech. It's like a 17 inch monitor that probably weighs under 40 pounds. Yeah. Like it's the the latest uh, the latest tech. The uh, figure is flipping through your proposal notes for the barge bunch and pausing periodically to punch in numbers and to twist dials on this uh, electronic this computer setup. And you notice that um, against the far wall. There are two stacks of barrels. So one stack of barrels, uh, they're red barrels, and they have a, a radiation symbol on them. And then the other batch of barrels are green barrels that have the like biohazard uh, symbol on them. Okay, Pipes. Okay, so tubes go from these barrels to four coffin-sized containers. And you can just see through the glass and see a vague humanoid shaped thing starting to take form within each of these vats okay and the vats are labeled fitzgerald baines millhouse and quincy okay <laughs> the camera turns back to the figure at the console who's uh uh and you realize it is mr conroy he has a, a mad grin on his face as he punches in the final thing and hits a big red button that says execute okay uh, you see uh, glowing, like, neon-colored liquid starts to travel from those barrels into the vats. Conroy starts to laugh. Those overeducated fools thought that they were giving me the keys to dominating children's Saturday morning TV. <laughs> Little did they know, they're giving me exactly what I need to get rid of those half-shelled freaks once and for all. <laughs> he starts to laugh, and then he pulls off his human face mask. And underneath, somehow, the mask has been hiding not just the face of a familiar uh, masked enemy, but it also has been hiding his big gray samurai helmet that he's wearing. <laughs> this is uh, this is Shredder himself, uh, who's been uh, disguised as your boss, I guess, for years or decades. Uh, and you have just given him the key uh, to a band of new uh, characters that will uh, that will surely uh, destroy the turtles once and for all and enable him to rule the world. So then uh, the screen goes black and in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles font, uh, the words to be continued uh, up here. It's in that like green, you know, uh, yeah. rounded font. 
and then um and then it moves on to a commercial for like whoppers uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's yeah. the game okay <laughs> amazing oh, all right phenomenal. uh Guys, I hope you enjoyed that. We've really stretched our listeners' patience uh, here. So if you're still listening, thank you. And I've stretched you guys' patience. Uh, normally, our episodes are a bit shorter than this. But yeah. I appreciate you guys um, coming along for the ride. Any any quick closing thoughts here before we do our sign-out? That was really fun. I liked it a lot. That was a ton oh, yeah. of fun. Yeah. Yeah, I think we'll, um, we'll probably talk about it more on the next episode. But I, I really like this framing technique that you use to get to a character creation segment huh. just like yeah for me at least it gave like a lot more interest to that that part of it i have to imagine that this is this is not too dissimilar from how many toy lines are created <laughs> yes <laughs> and they yeah. inevitably end up with what i have on my notes right now which is space dinosaurs and then under under there's an arrow that says also ships yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> yes well yeah i was impressed at how you guys really kept the uh the economics of like toy manufacturer in mind as you kind of plotted out the character designs because you know i, I love that you know reusing the he-man he sculpts you know that's uh <laughs> that's some pro level uh, marketing right there so yeah someone hire us chris uh why don't you go ahead and uh, do your your classic sign off here and uh mm. and we'll see everybody in the next episode yeah all right well yeah again thank you everybody for listening um yeah we really appreciate it and uh yeah please let us know what you thought about this episode and and all others too um uh yeah joel thank you so much for coming on for this this was great um yeah. i don't think i could have done this if it was just me me and andy <laughs> so yeah. yeah it worked out really well that joel could join us yeah all right well i've been chris salzman i've been andy rao and remember, if your player's having fun, you're a great GM. <laughs>